Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. It's me, David Cox. (laughs) And I'm Josh Matheson. So last week we were looking at chapter two of Peter Pan, which was The Shadow, which was funnily enough a chapter not really that much about The Shadow. No. Yeah, no. It was mostly about the parents wallowing because the kids have gone, but they haven't actually gone yet. But it's like a weird chapter where they were reflecting on, oh, if only we knew tonight was the last night and it was that fateful Friday and seemed to be more about Mr. Banks and how childish he is. Mr. Banks. Oh, no, that's the wrong. That's, that's Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mr. Darling. Mr. Darling. I always get those two Darling. confused. I think it's just because it's just a family where it's just... The London be... family. Yeah, exactly. Where weird stuff's going to happen. I'm going to start calling him Mr. Brown soon as well in a minute. Like, if you throw <laughs> Paddington in there as yeah. well. But yeah, it wasn't really about the shadow because the shadow got rolled up and put in a cupboard and sat there for a week. In terms of the chronology of the story, Peter coming in... And being seen by Mrs. Darling and then Nana grabbing the shadow. Presumably that happened before. A week before this Friday. She says that she took the shadow off of Nana, was going to tell Mr. Darling about it and then thought, I better not. She rolled it up, put it away and it said she left it there for a week until she told him about it. So this, this second chapter is at least a week since the shadow was taken. So probably a week and a bit. That's where this chapter, I think, is going to pick up from, because this is now the kids leaving for Neverland. So I think Michael Jackson turns up in this chapter. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) He moonwalks down from the stars, straight through the doors. I hope some of the more He was the star that was like, now, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Peter. (laughs) Can we make Peter Pan Michael Jackson? Can you do a Michael Jackson? (laughs) Please don't make me do that. (laughs) Wendy. (laughs) You're going to have to hear that for an entire book. So let's be careful. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I have another idea, but I'm going to wait for Peter. I believe that this chapter is called Jamon Away, Jamon Away, right? (laughs) 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 Right. So we start. So we have a look. What was it called again? Was it called Come Away or Go Away? Come Away, Come Away. Come Away, Come Away. Chapter three, Come Away, Come Away. All right. So let's jump in. They were awfully nice little nightlights, and one cannot help wishing that they could have kept awake to see Peter, but Wendy's light blinked and gave such a yawn that the other two yawned also, and before they could close their mouths, all three went out. He personifies the weirdest things, doesn't he? He does, he does, and now that, yep, so the nightlights have just yawned and gone to sleep. I also thought at the start of the sentence it was going to turn into Antiques Roadshow. Like, there were a lovely set of nightlights from the 19th century. I believe they were made by... Do and they're going to start at £70. Do you see the inscription just here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter was here. There was another light in the room now, a thousand times brighter than the nightlights. And in the time we have taken to say this... We could have finished the book. <laughs> we could have finished the book. In the time we have taken to say this... It had been in all the drawers in the nursery, looking for Peter's shadow, rummaged the wardrobe and turned every pocket inside out. It was not really a light. It made this light by flashing about so quickly, but when it came to rest for a second, you saw it was a fairy. It's Julia Roberts. No longer than your hand, but still growing. It was a girl called Tinkerbell, exquisitely gowned in a skeleton leaf 
cut low and square, through which her figure could be seen to the best advantage. It seems a little <laughs> unnecessary for a children's book. It is. We don't need her the fairy to be sexy. Leaf no. Showing off her figure. She, I mean, she could a be low like, cut see through. There's nothing wrong with saying like beautiful and like otherworldly, but doing like, oh, I could see through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really showed it off is. her figure. Like J.M. Barry having a little oh, bit she's of a gothic mm-hmm. fantasy. Lovely fairy. ankles. <laughs> Because that's the sort of stuff they used to talk about in those times, isn't it? Lovely ankles. Yeah, oh, her collarbones. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> She's got the most beautiful the elbows. I yeah. Think. yeah. They always go on about, oh, oh it's your whole long neck. Mm. So you're dating a swan. It's <laughs> <That's> weird. <laughs> she was slightly inclined to embonpoint, plump hourglass figure. A moment after the fairy's entrance, the window was blown open by the breathing of the little stars and Peter dropped in. He had carried Tinkerbell part of the way, and his hand was still messy with the fairy dust. And this is when he starts talking for the first time. Now, my theory is that we've been getting his name wrong, and he actually, uh, a young lad from Dublin called Pete O'Pan. <laughs> and if we go through the whole book imagining that's his name, Pete O'Pan. <laughs> And I know that's a challenge because it's probably the person that's going to speak the most. But I don't. I, I, I'd, I'd like to be. That. Do you know what? I'm open to the uh, to the notion. And, and, and we we associate Peter. Well, I do with with the colour green. It's true. Yes. Emerald. Irish. Uh, he's got a Guinness hat on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready. Yes. Tinkerbell. He called softly after making sure that the children were asleep. Tink, where are you? She was in a jug for the moment, and liking it extremely, she had never been in a jug before. (laughs) Oh, do come out of that jug and tell me. Do you know where they put my shadow? The loveliest tinkle, as of golden bells, answered him. It is the fairy language. You ordinary children can never hear it. But if you were to hear it, you would know that you'd heard it once before. Tink said that the shadow was in the big box. She meant the chest of drawers, and Peter jumped at the drawers, scattering their contents to the floor with both hands, as kings toss halfpence to the crowd. In a moment he had recovered his shadow, and in his delight he forgot that he had shut Tinkerbell up in the drawer. If he thought at all, but I don't believe he ever thought, it was that he and his shadow, when brought near to each other, would join like drops of water, and when they did not... He was appalled. He tried to stick it on with soap from the bathroom, but that also failed. A shudder passed through Peter, and he sat on the floor and cried. It kind of makes me feel like this guy definitely is probably very sticky. Because mm. he obviously doesn't know what soap is or what it does. Because if you think it's going to stick something together, you definitely seems to never be made used of soap tree before. Sap, like... Well, that's what I mean. He's covered in tree sap and he's never seen soap before. This guy's going to be sticky to the touch. His sobs woke Wendy and she sat up in bed. She was not alarmed to see a stranger crying on the nursery floor. That's alarming. (laughs) (laughs) It's alarming that she wasn't alarmed. It's alarming that she wasn't alarmed that there was a stranger in her bedroom. That's like, that's the nightmare, isn't it? That is the nightmare. Could you, oh. Anyone? No. Big or small, monster or human? One of my biggest, like, fears is coming down in the middle of the night and seeing a face pressed against the window. Oh, yeah. (gasps) That is like one of the worst things to imagine. Yeah. But as a child who's very imaginative, maybe they just 
you know, they probably see things in their mind's eye as much as they see things really, and they probably don't necessarily oh, just go, hi, too. <laughs> All right, mate, good to see you again. She was only pleasantly interested. Boy, she said courteously, why are you crying? Peter could be exceedingly polite also, having learnt the grand manner at fairy ceremonies, and he rose and bowed to her beautifully. She was much pleased and bowed beautifully to him from the bed. What's a beautiful bow? Is that like a... Yeah. A very, a very <coughs> elegant bow with many yeah. hands. A Georgian bow, you know, yeah, and have the big yeah. wigs and the beauty spots and the high heels, that sort of thing. And the straight leg out in front. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Hanky. Yeah, that one. <laughs> What's your name? He asked. Wendy Moira Angela Darling, she replied with some satisfaction. What's your name? Peter Pan. She was already sure that he must be Peter, but it did seem a comparatively short name. Do we get him to add the O in? Peter L. Pan. <laughs> no, it's Pete, no, it's Pete. It's Peter. Peter Pan. It's Peter O. Apostrophe Pan. Peter Pan. That, that, I mean, that really sort of... But that would, that would then necessitate us changing the title of the book. Is that all? Yes, he said rather sharply. He felt for the first time that it was a shortish name. I'm so sorry, said Wendy Moira Angela. It doesn't Moira. matter. Moira. Even like, Angela as well. Yeah. Angela's like, a, that's a proper East Ender name mm. chucked in there, Angela. isn't it? I don't know. Wendy Is Moira he? Darling sounds a lot more posh than Angela. It, isn't Angela one of the ones in Mumbo number five? A little bit of Angela. Angela yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sing all the names in my head now. No, I don't think Angela. Angela. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It's in the bridge. Yeah. Not in the chorus. It's in the bridge. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what a stupid link. <laughs> this is what happens, isn't it? It doesn't matter. Peter gulped. She asked where he lived. Second to the right, said Peter, and then straight on till morning. What a funny address. Peter had a sinking. For the first time, he felt that perhaps it was a funny address. No, it isn't, he said. I mean, Wendy said nicely, remembering that she was hostess. Is that what I put on your letters? He wished she had not mentioned letters. Don't get any letters, he said contemptuously. But your mother gets letters. Don't have a mother, he said. Not only had he no mother, but he had not the slightest desire to have one. He thought them very overrated persons. Wendy, however, felt at once that she was in the presence of a tragedy. Oh, Peter, no wonder you were crying, she said and got out of bed and ran to him. I wasn't crying about mothers, he said rather indignantly. I was crying because I can't get my shadow to stick on. Besides, I, I wasn't crying. It has come off. Yes. Then Wendy saw the shadow on the floor, looking so draggled, and she was frightfully sorry for Peter. How awful, she said, but she could not help smiling when she saw that he had been trying to stick it on with soap. How exactly like a boy. Fortunately, she knew at once what to do. It must be so, non, she said, 
just a little patronizingly. What's sown? he said. You're dreadfully ignorant. No, I'm not. But she was exulting in his ignorance. I shall sew it on for you, my little man, she said, though he was tall as herself, and she got out her housewife sewing bag and sewed the shadow onto Peter's foot. I dare say it will hurt a little, she warned him. Oh, I shan't cry, said Peter, who was already of the opinion that he had never cried in his life, and he clenched his teeth and did not cry, and soon his shadow was behaving properly, though still a little creased. Was she sewing it directly onto his feet? Yeah. Or like onto um, his shoes? I d- does he wear shoes? I don't know. Well, in, I think the he thing, just wears in a the, leaf. In the, in, the, in, the, in the animation, he's got like the little winkle, not winkle pickers, yeah. but those kind of slippery, yeah. pointy yeah. things. Yeah, they didn't mention any shoes. They just said he wears leaves. Well, so. it would explain why he'd be crying because she's stabbing his feet multiple yeah, times quite, with a needle. Quite horrible. But yeah. Oh, well, the blood everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah, at least put some iodine on it. <laughs> I love it when we go to the, like, we go into the, he's sewing a shadow on a boy covered in sap. Yeah. We're going like, but that would hurt. But yeah, but yeah, but did she, did she need to work with a light? Because the, the nightlight had gone out. <laughs> yeah. Which she wouldn't be able to see. How did you thread the needle? What sort of thread would she use? I hope she put the needle in the fire first to kill any germs on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did she dip it in Dettol? Yeah. <laughs> did she use disappearing stitches or did she use like thread? Perhaps I should have ironed it. Wendy said thoughtfully, but Peter, boy-like, was indifferent to appearances, and he was now jumping about in the wildest glee. Alas, he had already forgotten that he owed his bliss to Wendy. He thought he had attracted the shadow himself. How clever I am, he crowed rapturously. Oh, the cleverness of me! It is humiliating to have to confess that this conceit of Peter was one of his most fascinating qualities. To put it with brutal frankness... There was never a cockier boy. But for the moment, Wendy was shocked. You can see, braggart, she exclaimed with frightful sarcasm. Of course I did nothing. You did a little, Peter said carelessly and continued to dance. A little, she replied with hauteur, pride. He's doing this thing again where he says a word and then explains what it means in brackets. Mm immediately afterwards but like in speech as well it's weird yeah it's kind of like they almost don't like the fact they're writing for kids because they want to use fancy words that they don't well maybe it was like a almost like a an expectation of authors to to educate children on new vocabulary you know yeah they did that um oh is it i think it was in what was the lemony stickett series of unfortunate events yes he'd always always go which here means yeah yeah but like, it's also right. because he'd use it in, in like metaphors or he'd use um, idioms. Like yeah. he'd use an idiom and then explain to a kids what it means. Right. And then he'd yeah, often yeah. have a literal <clears throat> situation of that. And then as well as the idiom situation of what it means. If I'm no use, I can at least withdraw. And she sprang in the most dignified way into bed and covered her face with the blankets. To induce her to look up, he pretended to be going away. And when this failed, he sat on the end of the bed and tapped her gently with his foot. Wendy, he said, don't withdraw. I can't help crowing, Wendy, when I'm pleased with myself. Still, she would not look up, though she was listening eagerly. Wendy, he continued, in a voice that no woman has ever yet been able to resist. (laughs) So Peter Pan's a player. Absolutely, apparently. Wendy, 
One girl is more used than 20 boys. Now Wendy was every inch a woman, though there was not very many inches, and she peeped out of the bedclothes. Do you really think so, Peter? Yes, I do. I think it's perfectly sweet of you, she declared. And I'll get up again. And she sat with him on the side of the bed. She also said that she would give him a kiss if he liked. But Peter did not know what she meant. And he held out his hand expectantly. <laughs> I, I wish it was like, you know, how a, a king would do it to like pay your respect. Yeah. <laughs> kiss my hand. Yes, go ahead. He held out ahead. a ring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a feeling it was the Oliver Twist yeah. hold out instead. Yeah. Please, sir, can I have a kiss? Yeah. Which makes it slightly more pathetic. Surely you know what a kiss is? She asked, aghast. Well, I shall know when you give it to me. He replied stiffly. And not to hurt his feelings, she gave him a thimble. Now, said he, shall I give you a kiss? And she replied with a slight primness. If you please. She made herself rather cheap by inclining her face toward him, but he merely dropped an acorn button into her hand, so she slowly returned her face to where it had been before, and said nicely that she would wear his kiss on the chain around her neck. It was lucky that she did put it on that chain, for it was afterwards to save her life. Thimbles must have been very popular at this time, because there's Thimbles mentioned in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland as well, wasn't it? Do you remember? She gave it as a prize. Oh, yeah. It was given to her as a prize for the uh, caucus race. Well, they are collectibles. Yeah. But he's given her an acorn in return, which is nice. <laughs> or an acorn button, wasn't it? Or something? Well, it says an, uh, an acorn button. So that's just the little cap at the top, right? Oh, Peter Pan did not give Wendy an acorn, but an acorn button. Okay, yeah, let's find out what that means then. Oh, it's just taking me to a Pinterest thing of loads of acorn buttons. Do you know what we're wasting Imagine time? Imagine the person that makes a Pinterest of acorn buttons. <laughs> what? <laughs> Too much time on your hands. Yeah, yeah. What are you up to, love? Oh, I was doing my Pinterest. I found a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I've got one follower. <laughs> <laughs> When people in our set are introduced, it is customary for them to ask each other's age. And so Wendy, who always liked to do the correct thing, asked Peter how old he was. It was not really a happy question to ask him. It was like an examination paper that asks grammar, when what you want to be asked is kings of England. I don't know, he replied uneasily, but I am quite young. He really knew nothing about it. He had merely suspicions, but he said, at a venture, Wendy, I ran away the day I was born. Wendy was quite surprised, but interested, and she indicated in the charming drawing-room manner, by a touch of her nightgown, that he could sit nearer her. It was because I heard father and mother, he explained in a low voice, talking about what I was to be when I became a man. He was extraordinarily agitated now. I don't ever want to be a man, he said with passion. I want always to be a little boy and to have fun. So I ran away to Kensington Gardens and lived a long, long time among the fairies. She gave him a look of the most intense admiration. And he thought it was because he had run away. But it was really because he knew fairies. Wendy had lived such a home life that to know fairies struck her as quite delightful. 
She poured out questions about them, to his surprise, for they were rather a nuisance to him, getting in his way and so on, and indeed he sometimes had to give them a hiding. Spanking. Was that another aside? It was another little parenthetical, yeah. Just, just occasionally offering a synonym. Still, he liked them on the whole, and he told her about the beginning of fairies. You see, Wendy, when the first baby laughed for the first time, its laugh broke into a thousand pieces, and they all went skipping about, and that was the beginning of fairies. Tedious talk, this, but being a stay-at-home, she liked it. And so, he went on good-naturedly, there ought to be one fairy for every boy and girl. Ought to be, isn't there? No. You see, children know such a lot now, they soon don't believe in fairies. And every time a child says, I don't believe in fairies, there is a fairy somewhere that falls down dead. Oh, I remember that. Bleak. Yeah. It's, it's so bleak, grim. Bleak. Be on eggshells as a fairy, wouldn't you? You'd be like, you're having a good day. You know? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be well, me? Yeah, exactly. They just picked at random. Yeah, you're at, you're at a farmer's market and they're done. Clementine, no! <laughs> <laughs> good fairy name. Take me instead! <laughs> do you think it would be a really slow death or do you think they'd disappear? They're like... I feel like it would be like in, in Avengers Endgame. All of a sudden they'll just disappear into like... Yeah, into like dust. Or in in the new Maleficent movie, they like the fairies exploded into flowers. If you're gonna go, you know. Yeah, exactly. May as well make a bouquet out of it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you make your own funeral flowers. Yeah, <laughs> save the money. You <laughs> actually just spells out mum or <laughs> <laughs> just lands neatly on the coffin. Yeah. That's kind of like her in a way. Like, no, it is. It is literally her. There's nothing inside. She is the flowers. Really, he thought they had now talked enough about fairies and it struck him that Tinkerbell was keeping very quiet. I can't think where she's gone to. Dead. He said. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, he killed he said her it, by not believing. Yeah. Jimmy. But he, said, but he said the thing you're supposed to yeah. say. He said, I don't believe in yeah. fairies. Jimmy and Solihull just said it. So that's her gone. Mm. Jimmy and Solihull. <laughs> He called Tink by name. Wendy's heart went flutter with a sudden thrill. Peter, she cried, clutching him. You don't mean to tell me that there's a fairy in this room? Well, she was here just now, he said a little impatiently. You don't hear her, do you? And they both listened. The only sound I hear, said Wendy, is a little tinkle of bells. Well, that's Tink. That's the fairy language. I think I hear her too. So she's just named after the sound that she makes. I guess so. Tinkerbell. Or yeah. he, in, in Irish, Thinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> what does it sound like? I, I, what does it sound like, I think about. I think about. <laughs> That's always going to be a thing now, isn't it? Hilarious. See, another way that it's shoehorned into <laughs> That's being... so good. <laughs> the sound... <laughs> The sound came from the chest of drawers, and Peter made a merry face. No one could ever look quite so merry as Peter, and the loveliest of gurgles was his laugh. He had his first laugh still. Wendy, he whispered gleefully, I do believe I shot her up in a drawer. He let poor Tink out of the drawer, and she flew about the nursery, screaming with fury. You shouldn't say such things, Peter retorted. Of course, I'm very sorry, but how could I know that you were in the drawer? Wendy was not listening to him. Oh, Peter, she cried. If she'd only stand still and let me see her. 
They hardly ever stand still, he said. But for one moment, Wendy saw the romantic figure come to rest on the cuckoo clock. Oh, the lovely, she cried, though Tink's face was still distorted with passion. I still don't like the kind of sexualized description of the What's fairy. There's no point. Yeah. The romantic, have a romantic figure. figure. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, 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 mm, yeah, no. I'd, I'd, it'd be different if it was like a nymph or. Nymphomania. Or a. Yeah, <laughs> no, just a nymph. <laughs> or like a siren, you know, like in Greek mythology, we have the sirens who sing yeah. sailors. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, those kinds of mythical women you kind of accept yeah anything that's being a bit more sensual but like a fairy i personally no. think this is mythological racism why can't fairies <laughs> be sexy speciesism <laughs> tink said peter amiably this lady says she wishes you were her fairy tinkerbell answered insolently what does she say peter he had to translate she's not very polite she says you're a great, huge, ugly girl and that she is my fairy. <laughs> I'd love it. That's not what she's saying. Peter yeah. just been <laughs> he tried to argue with Tink. You know, you can't be my fairy, Tink, because I am a gentleman and you are a lady. To this, Tink replied in these words. Oh, <laughs> she, she replies in words, so she does need to have a voice, I guess. Can you, like, sing it? in in the in the tune of like a doorbell <laughs> each word each word is like a yeah okay and every and yeah 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 every time there's a comma you say ding and every time there's a full stop you say dong <laughs> i'm really hoping this sentence is really sarcastic because it's going to sound great sung as a doorbell to this tink replied in these words you silly ass <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love that Josh knew that was coming too. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And with that, disappeared into the bathroom. She's quite a common fairy, Peter explained apologetically. She's called Tinkerbell because she mends pots and kettles. Tinker equals a tin worker. Similar to Cinder plus L, you get Cinderella. They were together in the armchair by this time, and Wendy plied him with more questions. If you don't live in Kensington Gardens now, well, sometimes I still do. But where do you live mostly now? With the lost boys. Who are they? They are the children who fall out of their perambulators when the nurse is looking the other way. If they are not claimed in seven days, they're sent away to Neverland to defray expenses. I'm captain. What fun it must be. Yes, said cunning Peter. But we are rather lonely. You see, we have no female companionship. Are none of these others girls? Oh no, girls, you know, are much too clever to fall out of their prams. This flattered Wendy immensely. I think, she said, it is perfectly lovely the way you talk about girls. John there just despises us. For reply, Peter rose and kicked John out of bed, blankets and all, one <sighs> kick. This seemed to Wendy rather forward for a first meeting, and she told him with spirit that he was not captain in her house. 
However, John continued to sleep so placidly on the floor that she allowed him to remain there. And I know you meant to be kind, she said, relenting. So you may give me a kiss. For a moment, she had forgotten his ignorance about kisses. I thought you'd want it back, he said, but a little bitterly, and offered to return her the thimble. Oh dear, said the nice Wendy. I don't mean a kiss. I mean a thimble. What's that? It's like this. She kissed him. She's so forward. Funny, said Peter gravely. Now, shall I give you a thimble? If you wish to, said Wendy, keeping her head erect this time. Peter, Peter thimbled her and almost immediately she screeched. What is it, Wendy? It was exactly as if someone were pulling my hair. That must have been Tink. I never knew her so naughty before. And indeed, Tink was darting about again, using offensive language. I enjoyed the verb thimbled. Yeah. Thimbled her. Thimbled her. That sounds very suggestive. Is Tink about jealous? Yes. Of the other female? Definitely jealous. Yeah. She's got to be. She says she will do that to you, Wendy, every time I give you a thimble. But why? Why, Tink? Again, Tink replied, You silly ass. (laughs) (laughs) Just makes us seem incredibly slow. (laughs) (laughs) She has a monologue. Peter could not understand why, but Wendy understood, and she was just slightly disappointed when he admitted that he came to the nursery window not to see her, but to listen to stories. You see... I don't know any stories. None of the lost boys know any stories. How perfectly awful, Wendy said. Do you know, Peter asked, why swallows build in the eaves of houses? It's to listen to the stories. Oh, Wendy, your mother was telling such a lovely story. Which story was it? About a prince who couldn't find the lady who wore a glass slipper. Peter said Wendy excitedly. That was Cinderella, and he found her, and they lived happily ever after. Peter was so glad that he rose from the floor where they had been sitting and hurried to the window. Where are you going? she cried with misgiving. To tell the other boys. Don't go, Peter, she entreated. I know such a lot of stories. Those were her precise words, so there can be no denying that it was she who first tempted him. He came back, and there was a greedy look in his eyes now, which ought to have alarmed her, but did not. Oh, the stories I could tell to the boys, she cried. And then Peter gripped her and began to draw her toward the window. Let me go, she ordered him. Wendy, do come with me and tell the other boys. Of course, she was very pleased to be asked, but she said, Oh dear, I can't. Think of mummy. Uh, Besides, I can't fly. I'll teach you. Oh, how lovely to fly. I'll teach you how to jump on the wind's back and then away we go. Oh, she exclaimed rapturously. Wendy, Wendy, when you're sleeping in your silly bed, you might be flying about with me saying funny things to the stars. Oh, and Wendy, there are mermaids. Mermaids? With tails? Ah, oh, such long tails. Oh, cried Wendy, to see a mermaid. 
he had become frightfully cunning. Wendy, he said, how we should all respect you. She was wriggling her body in distress. It was quite as if she were trying to remain on the nursery floor, but he had no pity for her. Wendy, he said, the sly one, you could tuck us in at night. Ooh, very suggestive. None of us has ever been tucked in at night. Ooh, and her arms went out to him. And you could darn her clothes and make pockets for us. None of us has any pockets. How could she resist? <laughs> it's the pockets that was the clencher. How could she resist all this menial labour? It's like it's like Jane Barry's been banging the drum for, you know, women being superior humans and then just slams them down by going, this is what you could do in this magical land. You could do all the housework. Yeah. <laughs> of course. It's awfully fascinating, she cried. Peter, would you teach John and Michael to fly too? If you like he said indifferently, and she ran to John and Michael and shook them. Wake up, she cried. Peter Pan has come and he's to teach us to fly. John rubbed his eyes. Then I shall get up, he said. Of course, he was on the floor already. Hello, he said. I am up. (laughs) Good. Michael was by this time also looking as sharp as a knife with six blades and a saw, but Peter suddenly signed silence. Their faces assumed the awful craftiness of children listening for sounds from the grown-up world. All was as still as salt. Then everything was right. No, stop, everything was wrong. Nana, who had been barking distressfully all the evening, was quiet now. And her silence they had heard. Out with the light! Hide! Quick! cried John, taking command for the only time throughout the whole adventure. And thus, when Liza entered, holding Nana, the nursery seemed quite its old self, very dark, and you would have sworn you heard three wicked inmates breathing angelically as they slept. But they were really doing it artfully from behind the window curtains. Liza was in a bad temper, for she was mixing the Christmas puddings in the kitchen, and had been drawn from them, with a raisin still on her cheek, by Nana's absurd suspicions. She thought the best way of getting a little quiet was to take Nana to the nursery for a moment, but in custody, of course. This is Liza saying something, just in case. Maybe Liza, even though she's the housemaid, she can be the poshest accent you can possibly do. Just ridiculously RP. Okay, Poppins. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, yes. There, your suspicious brute, she said, not sorry that Nana was in disgrace, They're perfectly safe, aren't they? Every one of the little angels sound asleep in bed. Listen to their gentle breathing. Here, Michael, encouraged by his success, breathed so loudly that they were nearly detected. Nana knew that kind of breathing, and she tried to drag herself out of Liza's clutches. But Liza was dense. No more of it, Nana, she said sternly, pulling her out of the room. I warn you, if you bark again, I shall go straight for Master and Mrs. and bring them home from the party, and then, oh, won't Master whip you just? She tied the unhappy dog up again. But do you think Nana ceased to bark? Bring Master and Mrs. home from the party? Why, that was just what she wanted. Do you think she cared whether she was whipped so long as her charges were safe? 
Unfortunately, Liza returned to her puddings, and Nana, seeing that no help would come from her, strained and strained at the chain, until at last she broke it. In another moment she had burst into the dining room of twenty-seven, and flung up her paws to heaven, her most expressive way of making a communication. <laughs> I bet she was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Darling knew at once that something terrible was happening in their nursery, and without a goodbye to their hostess, they rushed into the street. But it was now ten minutes since three scoundrels had been breathing behind the curtains, and Peter Pan could do a great deal in ten minutes. We now return to the nursery. It's all right, John announced, emerging from his hiding place. I say, Peter, can you really fly? Instead of troubling to answer him, Peter flew around the room, taking the mantelpiece on the way. <laughs> How topping, said John and Michael. How sweet, cried Wendy. Yes, I'm sweet. Oh, I am sweet, said Peter, forgetting his manners again. It looked delightfully easy, and they tried it first from the floor and then from the beds, but they always went down instead of up. I say, how'd you do it? asked John, rubbing his knee. He was quite a practical boy. You just think lovely, wonderful thoughts, Peter explained. And they lift you up into the air, he showed them again. You're so nippy at it, John said. Couldn't you do it very slowly once? Peter did it both slowly and quickly. I've got it now, Wendy, cried John. But soon he found that he had not. Not one of them could fly an inch even though Michael was in words of two syllables and Peter did not know A from Z. Of course, Peter had been trifling with them, for no one can fly unless the fairy dust has been blown on him. Fortunately, as we have mentioned, one of his hands was messy with it and he blew some on each of them with the most superb results. Now just wiggle your shoulders this way, he said, and let go. They were all on their beds, and gallant Michael let go first. He did not quite mean to let go, but he did it, and immediately he was borne across the room. I flew! he screamed, while still in mid-air. John let go and met Wendy near the bathroom. Oh, lovely! Oh, ripping! Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! They were not nearly so elegant as Peter, but they could not help kicking a little and their heads were bobbing against the ceiling. And there is almost nothing so delicious as that. Peter gave Wendy a hand at first, but had to desist. Tink was so indignant. Up and down they went, and round and round. Heavenly was Wendy's word. I say, cried John, why shouldn't we all go out? Of course, it was to this that Peter had been luring them. Michael was ready. He wanted to see how long it took him to do a billion miles, but Wendy hesitated. Mermaids, said Peter again. Ooh, and there are pirates. Pirates, cried John, seizing his Sunday hat. Let's go at once. It was just at this moment that Mr and Mrs Darling hurried with Nana out of 27. They ran into the middle of the street to look up at the nursery window, and, yes, it was still shut, but the room was ablaze with light, and, most heart-gripping sight of all, they could see in shadow, on the curtain, three little figures in night attire, circling round and round, but not on the floor, in the air. 
Not three figures, but four. In a tremble, they opened the street door. Mr. Darling would have rushed upstairs, but Mrs. Darling signed him to go softly. She even tried to make her heart go softly. Will they reach the nursery in time? If so, how delightful for them, and we shall all breathe a sigh of relief, but there will be no story. On the other hand, if they are not in time, I solemnly promise that it will all come right in the end. They would have reached the nursery in time, had it not been that the little stars were watching them. Once again the stars blew the window open, and the smallest star of all called out, Cave, Peter! <laughs> then Peter knew that there was not a moment to lose. Come, he cried imperiously, and soared out at once into the night, followed by John and Michael and Wendy. Mr. and Mrs. Darling and Nana rushed into the nursery too late. The birds were flown. End of chapter. So they've finally gone somewhere. They've flown the nest. Yeah. They have. Figuratively and literally. I didn't think it would take three chapters for that to happen. Though. No, you know, it, it took a long time. I kind of quite liked the the slight pressure of the parents kind of oh will they get back in time will they get back in time i feel like if this book was written nowadays they probably would have made more of that drama i've not really experienced like reading a book of this age where they have that got that coincident things going on and messing around with the time frame almost like it would be quite filmic yeah it is it does feel quite modern in that he has a cinematic feel yeah definitely definitely yeah just looking at lit charts here um about this chapter and um it says, Peter is an impossible magical being, but when we ask, what is Peter Pan? We are really asking, what is a child? Seems very philosophical, really, doesn't it? For Peter at first seems to be a child without any trace of adulthood. Wendy begins to become an adult at only two years old when she sacrifices the dream of being a child forever. But Peter never seems to sacrifice any dreams or acquire any adult traits. So I suppose that that's kind of like the main thing that Peter Pan stands for, isn't it? It's just, he is the personification of childhood the bit there's a bit that's like crazy fantastical for me is that he says he ran away on the day that he was born yeah i don't know how he managed that crawled into a bush and, 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 uh, yes and then lived in kensington gardens with the fairies presumably until he was the the age that he is now and then went to neverland yeah he's just like well what were you doing for all of that time peter pan is generally quite contemptuous of mothers and he thinks they're unnecessary and cause a great deal of trouble and annoyance. But he asks Wendy to basically come with him to be a mother. To be his mother, yeah. But it's just funny that he's like, I don't need a mum, I don't need a mum. Oh, by the way, do you want to come and fix my clothes for me? And, so and read me bedtime on. stories, yeah. 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 And that's the other thing that's quite interesting as well. It says that um, obviously Peter Pan and the Lost Boys are living a fairy tale, but they're desperate to hear one. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. So I think they'd have enough adventure to be like, oh, we could just talk about what we did last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they've gone on num- a numberless amount of adventures, but still feel that they'd have no stories of their own and they need a storyteller. Fairies are created from children's laughter, apparently, and fairy dust must be made of the same thing. To make them fly, Peter blows childlikeness at the children. He makes them more fully children. So basically saying in order to fly. It's the essence. Yes. Okay. In order to, to fly, nice. you have to be as childlike as possible. 
I mean, I'm quite excited. I'm quite excited about where they're going to end up in the next chapter because they've finally left the real world. So I'm hoping that this is where the fantasy begins to really get. Whirlwind journey. And yeah. it's until morning, so there'll be a few hours. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we won't just get a really, really boring kind of mundane description of I don't the know flight. how it could be boring. They're flying into the stars. No, I, I know, but it could just be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. flew for six hours in this direction and we turned left at Derby or whatever. Derby. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Do you want to know yes. what the title of chapter four is? Yes, go for it. The Flight. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get exactly what you're hoping you wouldn't get. They're going to watch it'll a be cut... more entertaining than you hope. They're going to watch a cut-down version of Bohemian Rhapsody and eat some questionable yeah, food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you've got any comments or any thoughts about the chapter, you can email us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or you can contact us at, uh, on Twitter at LazyBookClubPod. Or on Instagram at LazyBookClubPod. So I suppose this opportunity just to say, see you next week. <laughs> Dong. Dong. <laughs> <laughs>